Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode number 218 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur, and this is a coaching podcast. I've gone out in the world and made almost all the mistakes a person can make, and now I'm here to share with you what works and what doesn't so that you can create the life of your dreams without making things a bigger mess, which is what I liked to do. (laughs) Or if you're like me and you don't learn from other people's mistakes and you've already made a mess of things, I'm happy to help you clean up your life messes and come out on top feeling powerful, strong, and capable. And you know what? I want to focus on that word for a minute, capable. I'm a believer that this little word is a huge struggle for so many people. A lot of your fear stems from this word and forgetting how capable you actually are. Oftentimes when I'm in sessions with clients or even in conversations with anyone, people are scared to do things because they doubt if they're actually capable of doing it. Or you build it up in your head like the thing you want to do is so hard or it will take so long, like you can't handle it. And I want you to get real with yourself for a minute. Just because something may be difficult or take a long time doesn't mean you're not capable of doing it. If you don't know how to do something, you are perfectly capable of finding the answer to anything. (laughs) You can learn all the things with the information through Google and YouTube, right? They're not hiding answers from you. It's all there. If you don't know where to start, Google that. If you want a step-by-step process, Google that. It will tell you. But don't tell yourself you can't do it or that it's too hard because that's just simply not true. You can do almost anything you want. Now, I'm not going to be able to dunk a basketball, okay, because I'm miniature. (laughs) I'm 5'2", and the basketball dunk is probably not going to happen. But at the trampoline park, I can dunk on that kid's hoop like a champ. Okay, you are capable of doing almost anything. You are capable of taking action. You are capable of learning. You can do things even if they're hard or challenging. You are capable. Even if it's something that may take a long time, whatever a long time is. I don't know if a long time means six months or five years, and it's probably different for different things. A long time for Getting my driver's license renewed is probably six hours. If I was there six hours, that would feel like a long time. But to get a new job, a long time, maybe a year. But I don't want you to forget how capable you are. No matter what the situation is, you can do hard things. Everything in life doesn't need to be easy. There's no law that you should get everything you want without putting any effort in. 
You are capable. So next time your brain says, oh, that would be too hard or that's too much, you can't do that. Tell it to shut the F up and sit down because you're a powerhouse and you have shit to do. All right. That's what you say to the committee in your head. You say, sit down. I've got shit to do. And this goes perfectly into our topic today because we're talking about what to do when you feel like your social life is stalled. You feel like your life is a bit boring or stagnant. You may be feeling bored with your regular activities, whatever the case may be. This is one of those times the committee may jump in and give you some self-doubt. You'll think about doing something different or something new and the committee's going to jump in and go, you can't do that. You won't like that. You don't really want to do that. Because remember, the whole job of your subconscious mind is to keep you safe. When you want to do something different outside your norm or your comfort zone, that feels threatening and unsafe because it's different. So of course the committee is going to get in there and try to talk you out of it because it feels unsafe. Don't get mad at the committee. Just tell it to sit down and be quiet. So here's the situation. And for my listeners who have addiction, you will totally relate to this on another level. (laughs) But this is also super relatable for a ton of other situations too. Because as I'm talking about it, I'm picturing a couple of my different clients that this totally applies to their situations and they don't have addiction struggles at all. One of them is going through a divorce after almost 30 years of marriage. So her life is completely turned upside down and every single thing she's doing on a daily basis is different. And that's exactly how it is when we get sober. Same situation. Every single thing is different. The other client that is popping in my head is one of my clients who I've worked with for a very long time, many years, with lifestyle and food choices. Now, her situation is a little different because she's been part of a program for disordered eating for a long time. She has a program for that. That is not something I do. So she has a team for that part of it. And then she works with me for lifestyle change and choices and keeping her mindset strong as she navigates this stuff because it's hard. And here's the deal. Both of those people struggle with social life too because those lifestyle changes they're experiencing are also really hard and overwhelming and sometimes irritating. So think about it. You make this big life change, this big change in your life, and now you have to realign your life to support the new change. And when we get sober, it's like, what the heck do I do now? Everything I do involves drinking. Everyone I know drinks. How do I have fun if I'm not drinking? And the answer is, You have to start with your mindset. You have to come to the realization and acceptance that fun, sober, isn't going to look the same as fun, drunk. This It's like comparing apples to oranges. Alcohol lowers your inhibitions, numbs pain, drowns anxiety and discomfort. Those are all the reasons we do and say embarrassing things when we're drinking. 
It's all the things we hate about our drunk selves and simultaneously all the things you love about your drunk self. Most people have this certain idea of what fun looks like, and that vision is different when you stop drinking. When you're sober, you don't have the luxury of drowning your social anxiety with booze. You have to actually deal with it. You don't have the luxury of relying on alcohol to make you a better conversationalist or allow you to talk to girls easier. You have to actually figure out on your own how to deal with those things and work up your own courage to take that action. There's no more liquid courage. So just start with the fact that it's going to be different. Don't try to recreate the feelings of fun times when you were drinking because you'll be disappointed every time. It's not the same. And that's okay. It's called growth. (laughs) All the things in our lives change and that's okay. Listen, we don't have the same idea of fun when we're 10 that we do when we're 25, right? When I was 10, I loved to climb trees and have recess and climb all the jungle gyms on the playground. And I played in the dirt and I didn't care what my hair looked like or what clothes I wore. I certainly wasn't wearing makeup. You see what I'm saying? It's just growth. It's not good or bad or better or worse. It's growth. So the same thing from 25 to 50, the things I thought were fun in my 20s are not fun to me now. So this idea of fun is always evolving. And I want you to just start with the acceptance that fun sober definitely feels different than fun drunk. And there are a ton of rewards in sober fun that I never got from drunk fun. First of all, I don't trade my personal integrity with sober fun. I'm not making out with people I don't really want to make out with. I'm not lying to everybody about what I'm doing. I don't wake up full of anxiety about who I need to apologize to for my crappy behavior, right? Sober fun allows me to wake up and feel incredible with a renewed sense of strength every single day of what I'm capable of achieving. With sober fun, I'm not constantly worried about my safety because I make good decisions and I don't have to wake up with new trauma for something stupid I did the night before. (laughs) Sober fun allows me to have self-respect because I'm the same person every hour of the day instead of changing personalities when drinking. Sober fun also allows the people around me to have fun because they don't have to worry about me and the personality change and my crazy behavior. They don't have to worry about babysitting me. So sober fun comes with a ton of gratitude and happiness and security that drunk fun could never give me. So let's get into a couple of things to solve this problem of feeling like your social life is at a standstill. And first things first, I want you to make sure you're doing things for the right reason. So I want you to do things you want to do and not be doing things because other people are telling you you should. You know, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. 
So start with asking yourself a few questions, right? Number one, am I looking forward to this? Am I looking forward to spending time with this person or going to this thing? Am I looking forward to it? Or do I feel guilty about letting people down or being judged or people thinking I'm antisocial? If that's your reason for doing something, that's not a good reason. The last thing I ask myself is, will this bring me joy? Is this going to make me happy? Which kind of goes along with the first one is, am I looking forward to it? Will it make me happy? So start with that little checklist to make sure it's something for you and not just to please others. Then the next piece, the next barrier, I think certainly was a barrier for myself, is you have to think about ways to overcome your social anxiety. Even the biggest extroverts on the planet can have social anxiety, especially when they're no longer relying on liquid courage. You guys, I thought I was an extrovert for years because I was always out on the scene, at the parties, at the clubs, doing all the things. But I was never an extrovert. I was just drunk. When I got sober and I was still going out and doing the same stuff, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't as fun and I wasn't enjoying it the same way. And it's because I'm an introvert. 150%. So when I'm in the mix and it's not my kind of mix, it's not fun. Listen, I will take a book club over a nightclub any day of the week. And I was that way in my 20s also. I started reading at a very early age. I always had a book in my hand my whole life. But when I drank, I wanted to be social because I wanted to be around boys And the boys were at the parties and the clubs. So a couple of quick strategies that I used early on to break down my social anxiety. My first step was just eye contact. You've heard me talk about this before. When I first went to AA, I was terrified. Everyone is terrified to go to their first meeting and I was no different. The deal I made with myself was just to make eye contact and smile at one new person each day. That's it eye contact, and a little smile. No words, no chit-chat or conversation, just eye contact. And I say eye contact and smile because if you just make eye contact with somebody and stare at them, you look like a weirdo. Okay, so eye contact, little smile. And a couple of things happen here. First of all, it makes you a bit more inviting. For me, I'm great when someone starts a conversation with me. Obviously, I can speak, I'm comfortable in a conversation, I'm articulate, but I will never, if my life depends on it, I will never start the conversation. And because I'm an introvert, I live in the constant pool of a thousand thoughts in my head. I'm not very approachable. I don't look approachable. The look on my face is almost always somber, not smiling, focused, and not inviting because I'm just in my thoughts. And it took me a long time to realize this, you know, that I just don't have a look on my face that's very inviting. I have to make a conscious effort to appear more inviting to people so people aren't terrified of me. (laughs) 
And don't pressure yourself like you have to give a freaking presentation to be out in public. All you have to do is make eye contact and give a little smile so people know you're open. It doesn't take too long to get comfortable with this either because you realize pretty quickly that most people are very kind and funny and a lot of other people are also shy and struggling to connect. And when you start getting really warm feedback from people and they're giving you a little smile back, your anxiety will naturally lessen. So once I got that down and I got comfortable making eye contact and giving a little smile, the next step in my plan to break down my anxiety was to say hello. Just one word. Hello, people. Just one word. No conversation. Just say hello. So now we're all the way up to eye contact, a smile, and a hello. And all of a sudden, I look like less of an awkward weirdo and more like a regular human. And it only took one word. (laughs) It's just hello. It's really that simple. And if you need to start a conversation and you're uncomfortable, here's the next step. My go-to move always start with a compliment. And I think you have to be more mindful of this currently. Like things have definitely shifted where you have to have some awareness of what you're complimenting. So girls, if you're talking to another girl, start with a compliment. Oh my God, I love your shoes. Your earrings are fantastic. I love your jacket. Your updo is outstanding. Whatever makes you happy, just compliment something about them. This immediately eases the tension, everyone's guard drops, and it opens the possibility of a bigger conversation. Boys, if you're talking to a girl, you want to be more mindful that you aren't complimenting something that could be misconstrued as inappropriate, right? Like you're not going to walk up to a girl and go, oh, I love your leggings, right? Girls get creeped out pretty easily. So stay on the safe side. But to compliment shoes or earrings, I think is pretty safe. I would say stay away from complimenting clothes or hair. But if she has great perfume on, start with that. Like, oh my God, you smell great. Like simple. Don't be creepy about it. Just be simple. I just told this girl the other day at the coffee shop, she had a great laugh because she did. It was fun and heart filled and it made me smile. So I just turned around real quick. I was like, I love your laugh. You just made me smile. Thank you for that. It's simple. A compliment is a great icebreaker. And the last thing I'll say on this, like the initial approach is remember that people love to talk about themselves. We are our favorite topic. So an awesome icebreaker is to ask a question. Ask someone about themselves and just listen. This is a beautiful life hack for people who don't feel like they're good conversationalists. If you're one of those people who feels like you just draw a blank when it comes to, when it comes time to talk, this is a lifesaver. Ask questions and let the other person take it from there. A self-centered person will just talk forever about themselves, and you'll never have to say another word. (laughs) A more savvy person, a more emotionally intelligent person, will answer your question thoroughly. Then they'll ask you something about yourself. 
because they're curious and they want to chat. And then all of a sudden you're in a full-blown conversation. Okay. So those are some quick tips. Once you're in the social situation, if you struggle with anxiety, now let's get into things you can do to create the social life. And you have to think outside the box here and don't create unrealistic expectations. If you go into something with expectations, you're going to be disappointed. Expectations are premeditated resentment. Be open-minded. Don't expect everything or situation to be a home run, but instead be grateful for the experience. Give yourself a pat on the back for trying, right? I was always taught if you're bored, you're being boring. If you're bored, that's your responsibility, not anyone else's. You are responsible for finding solutions. So first things first, think of some things you enjoy doing and find events around your city doing those things. But you have to have awareness of what you like and what you don't like. And there are a few ways to do this. And I'll give you some examples for myself. Here are things I love. I love spiritual things. Anything, law of attraction, meditation, personal development. And I love connecting with other people who are into those things. I am a relentless entrepreneur and business person. So I love all things around that. I love to exercise and always learn new strategies and ways to live a healthful life. This doesn't mean eat perfectly and work out every day. It means I'm always striving to learn more, get more practice, and be consistently improving. And I love to be around like-minded people doing the same thing. I love to be around people who always want to be better. I'm not great with negativity and people who want to complain and not take action, right? That's not my wheelhouse. That's my old life. That's who I used to be. Now I want to be around people who consistently want to be improving and be better humans. I love to travel. I love to learn. I love to go out to eat. I love to shop. I love spending time with my family. Okay, there's a good list right there. Good list of things I love. Now that I know what I love, I have to find things to do that fit with the things I love. And be mindful, this was just a short little list I gave you. There are a million more things I love. (laughs) That was just a list. But you have to start with what do you love to do? What do you enjoy? How do you enjoy spending your time? What I used to do was go to places and activities that were not things I loved. Then I couldn't figure out why I wasn't having fun. I love walking outside, walking or hiking, either one. So here's your first thing. Go to meetup.com. I go to meetup.com and I find walking groups in my city. It's a super easy thing to be a part of. And there are meetups for everything you love. It's a great way to get out, meet people, and have fun. There are dinner meetups, exercise meetups, religious meetups, class meetups, you name it, they have it. But you have to actually go online, get on the site, find the events that interest you, sign up for them, and show up. Don't be mad if your social life sucks because you don't leave your house. 
It's your responsibility to get yourself up and out. Here's another quick and easy way to fill the void. Reach out to old friends. This is a great one if you are feeling lonely. If you're lonely and disconnected, this is beautiful. Sit down, go through your phone, reach out to 10 people that you haven't seen or talked to in the last year. And ask them about themselves. Don't reach out to tell people how you are, okay? (laughs) Send a text and say, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you? Or mine is... What I always say, I do this all the time. I am very mindful to consistently reach out to people from my past. It's just something I love to do. I love to let people know I'm thinking about them. It's a piece of service for me because it feels so good when somebody reaches out to you out of the blue. It feels so good. And I want to give other people that feeling. So mine is, I will say, um, hey, you've been on my mind the last couple of days and I wanted to say hello. I hope things are well. And I leave it like that. So there's no obligation for them to even respond to me. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And I always put a heart. I heart everything. If you're in my Facebook groups or anything, you know, I heart everything. Anybody that texts with me, I heart you, right? Everything gets a heart because I love you. I want you to feel love. I want you to know I love you. And I want you to feel that happiness. So 10 people, no BS, no excuses, reach out to 10 people. Okay, next thing, say yes to plans. And this can be kind of a bigger topic, but I know many of us default to no. And I am just as bad as the next person, I promise you. I have severe commitment issues. I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. I don't like driving places. Maybe it's too far away. (laughs) There is a whole host of BS I can come up with in my mind, reasons to say no. But if I want to be social, that requires getting out of my bubble. So even if something isn't exactly what I love, but it's with someone I love, I'll say yes sometimes. Not if it's something where I'm going to be miserable. Okay, be reasonable here. But if it's something that my friend wants to go do and I would love to spend time with my friend, then I'll say yes. And I'll give you an example. If my girlfriend calls me and says, hey, I want to go to this event and it's outdoors in the middle of summer when it's 100 degrees and there's 50,000 people, that's something I'm going to say no to because it's too many things that I don't like, right? I don't like hot. I don't like being out in the summer. It's not my thing. I can't stand being hot. I get hot very easily and it is miserable to me. So I also don't like crowds, huge crowds. So that situation it's hot and it's a huge crowd, I'm probably going to decline that because it's just too much. And when I am uncomfortable, I am a miserable jerk and I will make your day bad also. And I have no desire to do that, right? So I have to have that self-awareness and know that's a situation I need to decline. But let's put a twist on it. If my girlfriend calls me and she wants to go to a concert and Maybe it's in a nice place and it's indoor in the evening. I'm going to say yes to that because I really want to spend time with my girlfriend and I can get outside my comfort zone a little bit. 
you know, I don't love crowds, but if it's not a crazy crowd and it's not a big drunk fest kind of event, I can absolutely do that to enjoy spending time with my friend. It's not something I'm going to do every weekend, but every once in a while, absolutely I will do that. The key is to say yes sometimes instead of saying no every time. So here's another great tool for finding things to do, things that you love. Facebook events. There's a whole listing of events right on Facebook of things going on around your city. You can find things to do there. And this is really interesting too because I'll pop on there sometimes and it kind of blows me away all the cool stuff that's going on that I have zero awareness of. And I don't live in a gigantic city with, you know, 13 million people like I used to in Los Angeles. I live in a city, we got a couple of million people, but I am always blown away by how much stuff is happening that I'm just not aware of. So Facebook events is a great way to find those things. Also, here's another one. Take a minute to Google what's going on in your city. Find a couple of things you'd like to go to and start asking people to join you. I do this also. I do this a lot to find kid-friendly things to do with my family or just with my nieces and nephews. I don't have kids, but you may not know this about me, but I take my auntie duties very seriously. And because I'm not a parent, I'm not in the loop of kids' things and kids' activities. I have to make the time to seek those things out. Same goes for you. Seek out the things you want to do. Then find someone to join you. And the next part of this is don't fear rejection. Don't get your feelings hurt if someone declines your invitation. It's more about them and it's not about you. I'll give you a prime example of this. Many years ago, I used to have my own meetup. And I think I did it every other week, but I did it for a couple of years. It was totally free and it was just a coaching meetup. And a lot like the conversations we have on this podcast, I just used to do it in person. So at my meetup, I had a core group of people that showed up all the time. We had so much fun. I love them. And one of the girls asked me one night after the meetup, and this wasn't a, a sober thing. This was just a life thing. I'm a life coach. I'm all about personal development. I happen to also be a recovering alcoholic. So I talk about that a lot. But my meetup was just personal development life stuff. So this lovely girl, Dana, who I adore, asked me one night if I want to go to a concert. She had an extra ticket. I think she had a ticket and her friend bailed or something. So she's like, "Would you, do you want to go with me? And I was like, oh, no, thank you so much for asking. But, you know, no, that's not something I want to do. I don't remember how it went down, but, <laughs> but I declined because I, I don't want to go to a concert. So she got her feelings hurt. And I recognized that she, that I hurt her feelings because she felt rejected. And I reached out to her later and I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I'm really grateful that you invited me to do something because I would love to spend time with you. The issue for me is I have crowd trauma. And I'll tell you my crowd trauma without going into too much detail, but I was at a football game one time many years ago, and it's such a huge crowd of people and all the people you're smashed in. And as someone was walking past me, behind me, they shoved their hand in my crotch. 
And I have never been more mortified in my life. It was a horrific moment. And that's why I don't like being in crowds. I don't like being surrounded by people. I don't like being in a situation where someone can violate me in a split second. I don't like it. Now, I didn't tell her all that. I'm just telling you that so you understand why I have crowd trauma. But to her, I just said, I really appreciate you inviting me to do something. I'd love to spend time with you. A concert just isn't my thing. It, that's not my wheelhouse. That's not where I'm comfortable, you know. But I didn't want her to have her feelings hurt. So understand, if someone declines your invitation, it's not about you. It's about them and whatever their limitations are and their likes and dislikes. So don't fear that rejection. Don't fear if somebody declines a thing, just know it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean they don't want to hang out with you. And, you know, it might just be the situation. So don't fear the rejection. That's huge. But this is the key, you guys. Find things that you want to go do and then start finding people to go do it with you. And sometimes when people say their social life is stalled, I'm not sure if you're wanting to do more things or you're wanting to meet more people. So in this episode, I wanted to touch on a little bit of both. Some tips to talk to people if that's your struggle and tips on doing more things. So let's recap really quickly. First, I want you to think about doing things you want to do and not doing things because you feel pressured to do them, right? So those questions I, I said in the beginning, am I looking forward to spending time with this person or am I looking forward to going to this event, right? Is it something I'm looking forward to? Don't do something because you feel guilty about letting people down or that fear of, are they going to judge me? Are they going to think I'm not social? That's not a good motivator. And the last one is, will this bring me joy? So start with that checklist. Then here we go. Get your list of things you love to do. A short list. You don't even have to write this down, people. You know what you like and what you don't like, okay? <laughs> this isn't a list that you have to write it down, but think of a few things off the top of your head like, oh, these are things I really enjoy, so let me find some things that go with these activities because it's stuff I already love. Where can I go to do more of the things I already love? So think about what you love. Then meetup.com and find meetups. Find meetups. If you struggle with social anxiety, just start smiling at people whenever you're out all day, every day, just a smile, eye contact and a smile. That's all. Start practicing that to break down your anxiety. You have to do things actively to counteract your anxiety so it doesn't continue to get bigger. If you recognize you have anxiety and you do nothing about it, it will continue to grow. So we have to do things actively to break that down. Eye contact, smile. So meetup.com to find things to do that you love. Next, reach out to 10 people from your phone. I want you to do these things today. Today, do these things. Don't put it off. No BS, no excuses. Reach out to 10 people you haven't seen or talked to in the last year and say, hey, what's up? How are you? I haven't talked to you in forever. How are your kids? I hope things are going well. Are you still working at such and such a place? What have you been up to? Reach out, 10 people. Next, say yes to some things. When you get some invitations, say yes. It doesn't have to be a perfect invitation. It doesn't have to check every box on your comfort list. But if it checks most of them, go ahead and say yes. Next, Facebook events. 
Go on Facebook and look at the events in your city. You'll find all kinds of things or Google what's in your city. All right. That's how you find things going on. Like I said, I will Google kid-friendly activities in my city. Or when I travel, I'll do the same thing. Fun activities this weekend in whatever city. And I'll find things to do. I love going to baseball games. I have a little obsession with baseball parks because I live in a city where we have one of the most beautiful baseball parks in the country. I love baseball parks. and I love baseball. So when I travel, sometimes that's one of my things. Baseball game in this city this weekend and see if there's a game I can go to. And then lastly, you guys don't fear rejection. If somebody declines your invitation, that's okay. Maybe it was bad timing. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're going through their own overwhelm and depression and working on their own stuff. Maybe they're in a slump of their own. Maybe the thing you invited them to do is just outside their comfort zone too much, right? But don't be upset if people say no and have realistic expectations. Go into doing things and trying different things with the gratitude of, I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. I'm pushing myself and I'm going to try something new. It doesn't, the event doesn't have to perform for you. The event doesn't have to be awesome because you want it to, right? You don't have that expectation. Not everything you do is going to be hitting a home run. It's that you're doing it. You're trying, you're getting out and doing things. That's what you have the gratitude for. Even when I do something that I don't particularly like, I get home and I'm like, huh, yeah, that wasn't really my thing. I'm probably not going to do it again. But man, I'm really glad I went and did it because I can probably think of a couple of things that I really got from it. Maybe I had a good conversation with somebody and met somebody new. Maybe I learned a little tidbit of something. But I can always be grateful that I went and did it and enjoyed myself and got out of my comfort zone. There are so many things to do, you guys. It's just seeking those things out. I hope I hit on whatever your situation is. Like I said, I'm, I'm not always sure when people talk about their social life being stalled. I'm not always sure if you're wanting to be out doing more things or if you're just struggling to meet people in the places you already are. So I wanted to hit on a couple of, on all both of those things, <laughs> whatever the heck I'm trying to say. So if you want more, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I have a self-care monthly agenda that I use in the Sober Society membership. Um, If you're a member, you know you've seen this over and over. It's in our private Facebook group right now. It's a very short list, but it's just a few things that you can challenge yourself on a monthly basis to schedule a few of these things off this agenda for self-care, to be getting out there, to be connected with people. And I'm going to post that self-care monthly agenda in our regular Addiction Unlimited Facebook group. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, jump in there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Addiction Unlimited. Join our group, you guys. We do a lot of fun stuff in there. I post all kinds of things in there. We have a lot of interaction. We talk about the show after the show. (laughs) So people post questions in there and it's just a lot of support. It's totally private. So I'm going to put the self-care monthly agenda in there just to give you guys a jump start. It's a short list just to give you a jump start, but I'd love to hear how these tips and strategies help you and how you utilize them moving forward. Don't forget, I want you to do some of this by the end of today. Whenever you're listening to this, by the end of the day, I want you to take action and get into some of these things we've talked about. All right. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week.
You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.